0: than I ever did. You had some heavy hitters uh, guests on too, man. So keep up the good work. But it's good to be with you and I'm ready to talk sports. Hello, everybody, and welcome into Sports your Chicago. My name's John Zaglou. Great to have you here. On today's edition of the program, we're going to talk about Mitch Krabinski and Matt Nagy, the fallout that happened after 2019 in just a moment. Plus, a brand-new interview today with Joe Davis, the TV voice of the Los Angeles Dodgers and a national sports broadcaster for Fox. We talk with him about some college basketball, NFL football, plus Dodgers baseball, what to expect out of them come this season. It's a great interview. and It comes your way near the midway point of this show. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at John Z Sports and on Facebook at John Zaglul. If you want to watch more of this show, search up Sports Talk Chicago on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, SportsTalkChicago.com I want to start today with this. We're told to never judge. Right? Biblical, societal. Don't judge anybody until you know the story. Always two sides to one story. You have to hear both sides before you make a determination. Common sense. Most of us try to follow it. Oftentimes we fall short. And that's fine. But the question is, will we admit we were wrong? Will we admit we were lied to in some cases? Do we have the balls to do it? A lot of people don't. For those of you who've watched me for years, I've always said, Mitch Strabinsky not a bad quarterback. Now, that doesn't mean he's a superstar. I've never said he's Patrick Mahomes, top 10 quarterback. At the best, he had a good coach, good system, good players around him. I'd say middle of the pack, 15 to 20. The 15th to 20th best quarterback in the NFL. I don't think that's a controversial opinion. It's about right. He's competent, could manage a game, and with the right pieces, the right team, he could get you to a big playoff game. I mean, I firmly believe 2018 the Bears would have won the Super Bowl if it wasn't for Cody Parkey. The point is, not a bad quarterback. Really is it. Don't care what anybody says, the truth is in the numbers. Mitch had 16 touchdown passes in 2020 after being benched. Didn't even play a full year, already had 16. 2018 at 27, not a bad quarterback. He's the best rated passer in Bears' history. Better than Jake Cutler, Sid Luckman. Yeah, Mitch Trubisky. I'm not saying Mitch Trubisky's some great player who's had a long career, but I'm saying his rate stats indicate he's not a bad quarterback. And for the Bears, greatest of all time, according to Passer rating. And I always found that he just got a bad rap here in Chicago. Here's how I know this. There are so many people who are just adamantly opposed to Mitch Trubisky. What's he done to you? Like, what harm has he brought the Bears organization? because he wasn't Deshaun Watson or Pat Mahomes? Count you to two playoff appearances. Went 25-13 and 13 under Matt Nagy. Was he really that bad? I mean, people call him a bust. Was he a bust? Rex Grossman? Bust. Dave McNown? Bust. Mitch Trubisky? In that same category? No, he's not. Statistically, he's not. When loss-wise, he's not. I don't know. Something indicates to me, though, that with all these people opposing him so vehemently, that there's more to be uncovered. And sure enough, this week in The Athletic, big piece that came out and exposed the truth about Mitch Strabinsky and Matt Nagy. Here are a couple of quotes from this article. Apparently, he ripped Mitch Strabinsky in front of the whole team. Called him uncoachable, which we'll talk about that comment in a moment. I did not like that comment at all. Quote, after the 2019 season concluded, Trubisky prepared to meet with Nagy. They needed to have a conversation. How were they going to make this work? The quarterback prepared notes for the meeting. Nagy, though, didn't make it. Quote, he no-showed him. A source said, Trubisky left the notes behind. Trubisky would be in the middle of a camp and be like, Guys, none of this stuff is working would be pointing out the problems with the offense and he'd be getting this quote oh no man don't worry at all it'll come together have faith trust the process and then it gets to the season and all these problems happen Nagy proceeded to chastise Mitch for being uncoachable and not throwing it to the proper guy in front of the whole team players even stopped believing for this year people said Matt Nagy sabotaged Justin Fields, look at this. Fields was the backup throughout camp and the preseason, but he was forced into action and set up to fail, according to one team source. So this isn't just a Mitch Trubisky issue. You want to sit here and compare Mitch Trubisky and Justin Fields? Fine. Both cases, they're victims of one person. I got quotes right here to prove it. What do we make of this whole report? I have many observations. I had many feelings. Thought about it, sat with me for a couple of days, and ready to unleash. First and foremost, it's a travesty. A travesty that Matt Nagy called Mitch Trubisky uncoachable. Not uncoachable. Trubisky prepared notes for a meeting. He wanted to get better, and Nagy blew him off. Think about that. What kind of a coach blows off their quarterback when they're trying to improve? Actually making an effort to get better. Eh, I don't want to meet with you. That's okay. Not interested. That one really got me. Everybody here for years blamed Mitch Trubisky. You know, Mitch Trubisky can't even post on his Twitter, Instagram. Countless trolls come after him. And we're just going to leave this here. So Mitch asks to get better. Seeks out his coach. Hey, can you help me? And the answer is... Or really, no answer. Didn't show up. He trashes Trubisky in front of the whole team. Why not look at yourself? Trubisky was pointing out problems in the offense. Asked to be coached properly. Didn't get any of it. And then was chastised in front of the whole team like it's his fault. And then, even better, for those of you who hate Mitch Trubisky, fine. If this doesn't change your mind, I don't know what will. But what about Justin Fields? A team source said he was set up to fail. Shouldn't that concern you? You know, with this report coming out, Matt Nagy should never be a coach again. Not a head coach. Really shouldn't be in the league, but I know he's going to get hired somewhere. He will. Now, well, A lot of you say it's not going to happen. I've had guests on this show saying he will. He's an NFL lifer. They always look out for each other. He'll find somewhere. That'll be a joke. Wherever he coaches, whatever quarterback he's working with, I wouldn't listen to him a lick. He purposefully sabotaged not just Mitch Trubisky, everyone's favorite Justin Fields, too. Yeah, should be fired. I have no remorse. I have no regret. I don't feel bad for the guy. I don't. Sorry. You ruined a guy's career intentionally. Almost ruined Justin Fields. How am I supposed to feel bad for that? All in the report right here. All this direct quotes. And in fact, I give Mitch Trubisky even more credit. Now, he didn't say a word. Did we hear about this when Mitch was here? No. Didn't say a word to anybody. Kept it to himself. Kept his head down and played. Didn't want to be a problem. Didn't want to cause a fight. Didn't want to cause a media circus. Kept it in. Kept it in. Endured hatred. Endured criticism. Can't even post. On social media, didn't say a word, goes to show you what kind of person he is. Goes to show you he's a leader. That's what true leaders do. See, true leaders are like that. They're not going to call out somebody, chastise him in front of the whole team when it's really inward that you should be looking, and blow somebody off when they're trying to get better. What kind of a coach is that? That's not even the definition of a coach. So for any team out there, Wondering about Mitch, because he will get suitors. Look at this report. Leader. Leader. Didn't say a word. Didn't say a word. That's a leader. Blaming someone else for your problems? Ignoring people who ask you for help? Not a leader. And this should cancel Matt Nagy from ever getting another head coaching job, I would hope. I well, people on Twitter saying, no, oh, it's revisionist history. Nagy did want Trubisky. Maybe he did at first. I mean, he had to, I guess, if he wanted the job. But the fact is, based on these reports, he fell out of love with Trubisky. Maybe he wanted him at first. Not anymore. Not by these reports. I don't see any love. I don't see any desire to get better. I see deflecting blame. I see criticism. That's unwarranted. And I see bad leadership qualities. I want to say this too. Why'd it take so long for this report to come out? That should be a major question on everybody's mind. Why'd it take till after Nagy was fired? I'll let you sit with that one. That's why, do your own research and don't trust everybody. That's a life lesson. If all these reporters knew about this or had this in their back pocket, why'd they wait conveniently till after Matt Nagy was fired? So what if they published it while he was still here? Would that have been a problem? Yeah. Apparently. So it was a cover-up until he got fired. All of your favorite Bears reporters sat on this till he got fired, and they reported. That's fishy. That's very fishy. Those were the same people, by the way, who trashed. Mitch Stravinsky said he was uncoachable, that he was a bad player, said he was a bust. All these same people now turning around and saying, whoa, 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 wait a minute. It was about Nagy's fault, too. Which is it? They've been caught red-handed. Everybody who reported on this has been caught red-handed. Although it's great that this report got out. It makes you wonder why three, four years later we're hearing about this. I don't get it. Why not report it? If you're a true journalist, you'd report it. You wouldn't wait till the time is good. Wait till things are looking good, then report it. Wait till Matt Nagy gets fired and Mitch Trubisky's been gone for a year. No, you report it when you find out about it. When you see it with your own eyes. 2019, there's reporters were in the locker room. They could have noticed some sort of rift. They chose not to do anything. Problem. Everybody was in on this. And again, want to emphasize, I'm not saying Mitch Trubisky's a superstar quarterback, but I am saying he was screwed. With the right system, right pieces, could be a top 15, top 20 quarterback, no question. I mean, he was. 2018, he was, statistically. He was. 95.4 pass rating, 27 touchdowns. He was. That's a great year in my book. You could say, well, short fields, defense helped. Look, there were a lot of times this year when the Bears had short fields and they couldn't convert. How many times did we talk about in the past couple of weeks where the Bears were inside the red zone, couldn't score anything, not even a field goal? They executed, to their credit, they executed that year. But see, that's my point. And the fact that he was called out in front of the team and called uncoachable is a joke. I saw people defending that behavior because they hate Mitch Trubisky so much, you can't defend it. Okay, objectively, you can't defend it. Mitch asked to get better. He prepared notes, had a meeting, wanted to be better. Wanted to find a way to work in this system. And Matt Nagy blew him off. That's all true. Mitch Trubisky asked to be better. Matt Nagy, his coach, who was hired to develop him, blew him off. Hmm. And the fact that Bears ownership gave him another chance with a new quarterback is really troubling to me if they knew about this report, or if they knew about this stuff happening behind the scenes, how it's acceptable. Matt Nagy stuck around for Justin Fields is beyond me. Now they're looking for a leader of men, like you screwed up with Matt Nagy, and you kept him around for a new quarterback. Now we're seeing team sources say Fields was, quote, set up to fail. And you kept him. And you kept him. And you loved him. You trotted him out to the media. You made Mitch Trubisky look horrible. You trashed him. But it's all okay. That is cutthroat. That is wrong on so many levels. And I can't get over that uncoachable comment. I can't. That's plain hypocrisy. If anything, Matt Nagy is uncoachable. He can't coach. And the audacity to show up for a meeting, after the year, tough season, let's get better. Uh, actually, I don't want to be there. Huh? What? You're not showing up? You're the head coach? Yeah. I'm glad Nagy's gone. I know many of us are. That isn't a controversial opinion at all, but still, I mean, this further proves he needed to go. Really? He hurt Mitch Stravinsky, ruined his career, ruined his reputation, was about to do the same with Justin Fields. Team source is saying he was set up to fail. Justin Fields. That's all you need to know. Maggie has a reputation of being a quarterback breaker. Now, not a fixer, not a guru, nothing. This proves it. Quarterback breaker. And it's so unfortunate. I really feel bad for Mitch, too. Krabinsky, I do. Horrible. What happened to him? You could say he was limited in talent. You could call out some of the decisions he made, sure. But you know what? He asked to be better, showed up every day and worked, played hard, two playoff appearances, and he was shown the door. When he asked to be better, he was ignored. When he had a bad game, it was blamed on him only. And guess what? Didn't say a word. Didn't tell anybody. Didn't complain to the media. Loved the team more. Didn't want there to be a distraction. And that should tell you a lot about Mitch Stravinsky and who he is as a person. Not just a player. Person. So for teams out there wondering about Mitch Stravinsky, sure, you might be limited when it comes to skill set, but I'll tell you this much, he's a leader. He's a leader. You need somebody to lead this team, to lead any team, he'll do it. This proves it, too. What to come here on Sports Talk Chicago, my interview with Joe Davis comes up next, so stay tuned. Chicago. Kind of. Here with of and we have back and ready for today's special guest. He's the TB Boys of Dodgers Baseball and a national sports broadcaster for Fox. Please welcome Joe Davis to the program. Joe, it's great to have you on. How are you? Hey
1: John. Good. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. Thanks for being here. Where are you headed right now?
1: Headed down to Champaign for the Illinois Purdue game tomorrow. Yeah.
0: What do you expect out of it?
1: I'm for it. It's actually going to be my first basketball game in person in two years. Wow. Just because. Out COVID protocols, been doing all the games from studios. So, I was at uh, Michigan, Michigan State last weekend. I was in Ann Arbor, but that got canceled. So, and try it again. Uh, try it again tomorrow.
0: How tough is it to call a game off a monitor like that and stay remote?
1: Tough, but getting easier because we're getting more used to it. Just because of you know we, we've been doing it for a while now. Basketball is definitely easier than football or baseball. Just that it's. You know, the the camera's constantly following the ball and it's only 10 guys on the floor. So uh, getting used to it. I wish we were a little little less used to it, to be honest (laughs) with you, but uh, figuring it out.
0: How surprised are you by Illinois' success this year?
1: I'm not. I think that, uh, I mean, obviously losing I.O. is a big deal and an incredible player, but they brought back a lot and Kofi Coburn is one of the most dominant players in the country. He's like a man playing with boys. I mean, guys just bounce off him, and it's not just him. They got three other guys averaging double figures. They're shooting it better than they ever have uh, from outside, and they become really hard to defend. You got to deal with, you got to choose basically to deal with him inside and throw an extra guy at him, uh, or try and take away the outside shot because they definitely have both those things this year.
0: Are they better than last year's team, or where do you rank them?
1: I think they could be. the obvious thing is missing Bill Sumu and uh, one of the best players in the country. So that's the thing that, you know, uh, what's it going to be like when they need a shot at the end of the game? It's looked like it's been Trent Frazier lately that he may be that guy, but you knew you had that with IO. So uh, we'll see as the season goes on, but I think they could be better.
0: Joe Davis here on sports talk, Chicago, Joe I want to get your reaction now to the bears. A lot of firings on Monday. I know you called one of their games this season. What'd you make of this, whole aftermath of the season for them
1: I think that you kind of saw it coming Um, there would be some people that would say they're surprised it didn't happen sooner but I think that you think that you have a franchise quarterback and so you have to strike while the iron is hot and if you don't feel like the head coach is right you don't feel like the GM is right then you got to make the move now and and build behind this guy that you think is going to be the one to lead you forward
0: what impressed you about Justin Fields when you watched him play
1: I think the same thing that Bears fans have seen. That that is that uh, he's kind of the same guy. He's kind of always right here in the moment and the stage. Doesn't seem too big for him. And the obvious of the arm talent, Um, I I think there's a lot to like with him. Now you just, you got to arm him a little better with guys around him. And part of that is uh, they hope a, a better coaching staff, a better setup in the front office. But I think the raw talent, the raw emotional ability is there.
0: Is there anyone in mind you have specifically for that head coaching spot who you think would work well?
1: No, I I can't say that I've put much thought into that, who would be a good fit. Um, I don't know. Somebody somebody I think that is going to work well with Justin Fields, and I think you want to complement that uh, as best you can with that being what you're most excited about moving forward.
0: What concerns you, if anything, about Fields right now?
1: I think with any young quarterback, it's just no matter how great they are in college, and no matter how they flash in their first year, how good can they really be in the NFL until they prove that they can be that? We've seen so many guys come and be highly touted and be first-round picks, and not just just not pan out. So I think that first year, it's hard to tell. Uh, you saw a lot of good things. You saw some things that really excite you. You saw a lot of things that showed you that he was a rookie. So I guess what would concern me would be the same thing that would concern me with any young quarterback and that is until you see it happen at the nfl can you truly believe that it's going to
0: what do you make of the whole rookie quarterback class when you compare fields to guys like mac jones and others this year what do you think of them
1: It's been awesome you know he's not a rookie but it's almost like jalen hurts is a rookie too and that he hardly <laughs> played last year and uh he did not get He doesn't get thrown into that same conversation with very young new quarterbacks in the NFL. So it's an exciting time to be an NFL fan, be a fan of offense, be a fan of quarterbacks and all the guys around the league.
0: You like that direction to see the NFL be more quarterback-centric over the past 10, 15 years?
1: I guess. I also kind of miss the workhorse running back. I miss the Adrian Petersons of the world. So it's a give and take, I know. But uh, it's certainly not bad watching quarterbacks do their thing on Sundays.
0: Who was your favorite running back growing up? Like, who'd you, who'd you root for and who'd you like in that sense?
1: So I grew up a diehard Lions fan. Barry Sanders would be the earliest, but Barry stepped away when I was really young, so it's hard for me to say that I was really into him. The name that I mentioned, Adrian Peterson, was a guy that, as a Lions fan, I would see him dominate the Lions a couple times <laughs> a year, and had a great admiration for him from the other side, so to speak.
0: How do you feel about the Lions this year then with their new head coach and with the record they put up?
1: Uh, the, the two best things about moving from Michigan to L.A. are, number one, the weather, and number two, being able to cut ties with my Lions fandom <laughs> and, and have an excuse to say I don't care anymore. <laughs> because uh, it's, uh, my dad told me there's one thing he can tell me for sure, and that is the Lions will always disappoint you. So having a, having a good reason to cut ties has been nice.
0: Are you a fan of anybody now, or are you more objective being an NFL I'm broadcaster? Forward,
1: yeah, I'm looking forward to living vicariously through my kids and letting them pick a team and, and seeing where they go. They're still <laughs> too young, I think, to really have the feeling, but I'll ride those coattails.
0: Joe Davis here on Sports Talk Chicago. Joe, let's talk baseball now. What do you make of this lockout going on? Uh,
1: it stinks, right? But we all knew we were going to get here last few years. You could kind of see the trains headed at each other down the same tracks and gotten there, and I think it's one of those things that anytime you get into a negotiation like this, it's never going to be, if people were upset about on Thursday, them saying that the players didn't like the offer and no progress was made, well, that's how this goes. You're not going to show up and be like, okay, first thing you put down in front of us looks great. That's just not how it works. I think typically it happens where it goes right up until the last minute and then they start feeling their their feet on the fire and things get figured out. So, is spring training going to start on time? I don't know. Does it matter if it starts on time? I don't think so. You miss a week or two of spring training. People talk about it already being too long. So say spring training starts a little late. I think as long as the season starts on time and you get more than you had in the summer camp of 20, which was only a couple-week buildup, I think you're fine as long as the season. They figure it out in time for the season to start as planned.
0: Have the Dodgers told you anything about be prepared for no spring training or be prepared for a later start to the season?
1: No, there's just no – I don't think anybody knows for sure. So we're all kind of sitting there waiting together.
0: What sort of changes do you think this whole CBA brings to the game?
1: See, the tough thing with it and the reason that I think it's scaring everybody is that everything is is up for discussion. So from the rules on the field as far as the extra innings rule, uh, you know things like that, pitch clock, all those things – to playoff structure, to salary structure, to who gets to be on the team playing and who doesn't. Like, all these things are up, so nothing would surprise me. I think that you probably see a change to the playoff format, just reading the same stuff you're reading. You're going to see some rule tweaks. We'll see what sticks, and uh, hopefully they continue to work down the path that they are with – Uh, Some of the things that they tried out in the minors this year as far as I think a pitch clock is probably the best idea because I think that very quickly after that was implemented, you would forget that it was even there, but it would lead to a much better product. Um, So I'm hoping that that is probably not going to be thrown in there right now, but maybe a path towards that. uh, We'll see, though, because like I said, there are so many things that could get tossed into the equation.
0: Of those proposals, what's something you really don't want to see?
1: Oh, um as far as on rule, uh, on field rules, I like the National League game. The age is coming to the National League. I wouldn't mind if it didn't. I think that's probably coming. So I guess that would be one. Um, but I'm not willing to put up much of a fight because I know that's probably a losing battle.
0: What about expanded playoffs? You're okay with that too?
1: To an extent, I don't want to expand it too far. I think 2020 was okay with the 16 teams because of what it was a short season, and uh, that's just what made sense. They're talking, I think, the first proposal at like 14 for Major League Baseball. That for me would be the limit because what makes baseball special, as you know, John, is the 162 game regular season. And to diminish that in any way, I think, would really be a disservice to kind of the soul of the.
0: Do you think maybe they should change things currently, though? Like for the Dodgers this year, they won 109 games, and they're playing in a wild-card game, one-game playoff. Did you find that a problem?
1: Yeah, I do. I think that it would be great if they could come up with a way to uh, reward the 108, 109-win seasons. You mentioned the Dodgers. How about the Giants, who win, I think, 109 games and are done having to face the second-best team in the league? first round so yeah i think there are ways to restructure it to be fair to the teams that earn it during that all-important 162 game journey
0: what do the dodgers do this year do you think they could repeat what they did last year
1: yeah i do um i think that there are questions about the starting pitching you know clayton kershaw's health after he missed the end of the season dustin may won't be back until mid-season because of tommy john surgery not having max scherzer so I think that uh, there are some moves to be made still as far as the starting pitching goes, but uh, position player-wise, they're still really well-stocked. Corey Seager goes, but you've got Trey Turner playing shortstop now. Gavin Lux good chance he plays second base. Uh, I think they're going to be just fine. I, that's one of the great things about working for them is that you can pretty much count on them being in the picture every year.
0: What makes them for sure contenders this year? What's the one thing?
1: I think just what the – the roster that they have and then the financial might and the willingness to use that financial might combined with the brains of Andrew Friedman and his staff in the front office. It really is just a its a combination that is going to leave you at least contending at least in the discussion at the very least every year.
0: How far do you see them going?
1: The expectation is always that they win the World Series. I think it's, it's pretty simple at this point. Now they've only done it one time during this stretch, but – you won eight straight division championships, wild card last year, 108-win season. Um, that's the expectation that they continue to compete for World Series.
0: How special was that for you back in 2020 to see him win?
1: Really cool. Um, you know, as a team TV guy, you don't really get to be involved in it. But uh, it was it was cool to see you know, the people that you're around every day experience. Uh, Clayton Kershaw for me particular it was amazing to see him exercise some of those postseason demons and uh, get that ring and uh, hopefully there's another one coming.
0: What to come with Joe Davis. In just a moment, stay tuned. Things stands Sports Talk Chicago. Davis still here on Sports Talk Chicago. Joe, a few more questions before we finish up. First off, your best game at quarterback at Beloit College was what?
1: I couldn't tell you. Can we not talk about high school? It was a little better. It was was not a great couple years of playing quarterback. So here's the thing. They were a wing T offense for the longest time, and I came in with a new staff who implemented the spread. So as a freshman, starting right away, we were running the spread with a bunch of wing T dudes. And I i don't know, it just kind of devolved and snowballed into a thing where I didn't, didn't think I could play any. I, confidence gone, shot. And <laughs> I guess that—that about the fact that I just wasn't very good. I, I couldn't tell you what my best game was.
0: Well, what about in high school? You said you did well in high school, right? A
1: lot of good games. A lot of good games in high school, yeah. The one that stands out to me was against our rival my senior year. Uh, we play him every year for the Brown Jug, and we beat him 48-47. I set some records, and we were down a couple touchdowns, and a couple minutes left, and came back and won the game in the final second. So that's the, that's the most memorable one.
0: How about your favorite thing to grill? What would that be?
1: Um, been doing a lot of uh, Wagyu steaks lately. Gotten that down pretty good. You better get that down. It's an expensive mistake <laughs> if you don't figure that We're Probably doing a brisket, you know, low and slow on the smoker. And uh, I don't have that as perfected. That's I think kind of the holy grail of smoking meats. So that's uh, the, that challenge keeps me coming back. And how spectacular it is when you do get a good one.
0: Have you ever made a mistake with wagyu?
1: Yeah, first actually the first time was uh, first time I grew it was on Dave Roberts' birthday and Dave and his wife Trisha were over and I I don't know if it was a mistake everybody loved it but I overcooked it a little bit I haven't overcooked it since then you can't
0: overcook whatever are you too hard on yourself when it comes to judging your own smoking for sure sure.
1: yeah.
0: and Joe before we finish up to that last question what's the funniest moment you've been a part of in your career
1: funniest moment know. There's not a funniest moment that comes right to mind. I'll give you the most embarrassing moment in the uh, it's my last year at ESPN doing the NIT with Miles Simon, the old uh, Final Four MVP of Arizona and, I, and the on camera for whatever reason I introduced him as Miles Austin the old NFL receiver. I don't know why I'm not a Cowboys fan or anything I, but yeah. Uh, that was an embarrassing moment. Thankfully, the NCAA tournament started the next day, and everybody's attention was on that, so the video didn't, like, circulate the Internet. And it was before, you know, a little before social media took off and buried anybody that did anything like that.
0: Have you had, like, a social media viral moment that you're aware of, like people making fun of you or critics, something like that?
1: I think that's kind of ongoing. That's why I'm hardly on there anymore. <laughs> it's such a bad place.
0: Well, Joe, thank you so much for joining me. Always a pleasure. Best wishes for the game tomorrow, for the Dodgers this season, and looking forward to catching up again in the future. Really appreciate it.
1: Okay, John. Take care, man. All
0: right, talk there with Joe Davis, and that'll do it for us today here on Sports Talk Chicago. Big thank you to Joe Davis himself, Matt Dubio, WCKG, Jim DeTobbe, and Tomorrow Entertainment for making this show a success. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at John Z Sports and on Facebook at John Zagluo. If you want to watch more of this show, Search up Sports Talk Chicago an Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, sportstalkchicago.com. Another great show comes to by tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening. Till then, stay safe. So long, everyone. No! No! we are the turtles!